All right, welcome back to another episode of the How'd I Get Here podcast, the podcast for positivity, progression, and helping us find our own path. Um, dude, it's been a long time fucking coming. And um, before I introduce the guest today, who I'm sure most of you guys, some of you guys, none of you guys may know, um, if you're a fan, you do know, um, I've just been dragging my feet. <laughs> And I've been meaning to get back, and there's been a couple unforeseen circumstances that you can't plan for. And that's life. That's life in 2020. That's life in COVID. But I vow to you guys to try and get something to you um, every week for the rest of the year. Please do, because it's a promise to you guys. But like, I'm now starting to find traction. Um, back with excitement with in myself and things that I'm doing. So, um, but this episode's not about me. I just want to say, guys, I'm sorry that I've been MIA. Um, Brandon Serafino, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Thank you We haven't done that in a while. Um, Brandon Serafino is a good friend of the show. He's been on many episodes, uh, the relationship episode, which was a great one. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, go back. Yeah. Um, he was in the Le- uh, Legacy episode way back in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to start off every episode with who are you? Okay. Um, sure. take that as broad okay. or as wide as you want. Who is Brandon Serafino? Um, yes, I am indeed Brandon Serafino. That is my name. Um, I am, um, artist, musician, producer, um, generally a creator of sounds, I like to say. Um, I went to uh, school for music at Trinity College here in Hartford, um, graduated in 2014. Um, I specifically focused on world music, so I studied in Brazil, studied Brazilian Wait, you went to Brazil? Yeah, yeah, I lived in Brazil in college. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Influenced by my professor, Eric Gaum. So a lot of what I studied in college was related to world music and world percussion, and I incorporated a lot of that into my own music. I'm not originally from Hartford, I'm from the Springfield, Massachusetts area. Word. That's where I was born and raised. And um, yeah, I'm just generally trying to make some cool shit with my art and um, take it as far as I can and uh, hope to just inspire others and collaborate with as many people from across the globe as I can. That's kind of why I left Brazil. So word, word. Others, so. Um, one thing that I love that you keep saying is art. You know what I mean? It's not just music, it's your art. Absolutely. Um, how did you stumble into this art, music? Well, um, I started young. I was probably five or six years old when I first picked up an instrument. It was uh, pretty prevalent in my household growing up. Like my mom sang, she sang throughout her childhood and she did a little bit of opera. So um, she was good. She was good. Yeah, she was really good. She's still good. Because yeah. some of our parents sing and they're not. I know. <laughs> no, my, no, my parents, they're the real deal. Like, both of them still, and then, so that's my mother. Like, she sang growing up in the household. She sang in choirs throughout college and things like that. More like traditional classical music. Word. And church music, things like that. And then my father, um, my father, music, music was his whole life until his mid-20s, early 30s, too. And he ended up doing something more practical. But, um... He, he still plays guitar. He's an amazing guitarist. I say primarily he's into like blues, R&B, Word. folk music. Um, he plays acoustic, electric. So I grew up with a lot of guitars like just laying around the house like this. Like he had a whole tree. He had what he called a guitar tree that he would stack them and you would like spin them like whichever mm-hmm. guitar you want to play. You'd like pluck them off and they're kind of like 
a collector's type of look. Right. He collected and like he was really into that and played growing up. So I, I first played with him, and um, yeah, then I just got deeper into it in middle school. I sang in some choirs and messed around with like writing poetry, writing the lyrics. Um, so you write your own shit. I write all my. So own you stuff, ain't no yeah. like Drake. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say I think it's a different approach for like a songwriter of pop and and like alternative music. It, like we don't take the yes, you take pride in writing, but it's it's commonplace and accepted to like co-write with people right. on songs. Right. It's not the same pride that a rapper has to be like I write my own shit. Like yeah. I do take pride in that and I love it. But one thing my managers and people in my circle and team always try to press on me is like. It's not a bad thing to like co-write and, and get outside Word. the box and have people push you, especially in my genre, which is more like on the songwriting, singer-songwriting side. All right, where? So I was going to hop to your song since you brought up your uh, family, Make My Dad Proud. But before we hop into that, I want to get into the question, the first question of how do you describe your song? Because the song, I, I hear you uh, pop, right? Right, sure. But then there's sometimes where I hear you like the song Darling. That is, it, oh, right. it, it's got a different sound, but then sometimes you sound like a little Neo, sure, you sure. know, but then sometimes uh, you sound like, like you just said, alternative. Right, right. So how did you get to the sound that you have that is Brandon Serafino? So this has been like a long time coming with like how I define my sound, right? I talk about it with my managers, with my producers, with Zach and Zulu who make a lot of my music. With Word, me. shout out to them. Yeah. Zulu, I, I don't know about Zach. Yeah, Definitely Zach shout out Zulu. Shout out both of them. Word. down since day one um i would say if we're gonna umbrella term i'd say like pop r&b like r&b okay, pop, pop r&b like somewhere along the lines obviously heavily influenced by soul r&b and pop my voice is on the more r&b soulful side but i definitely make like stuff that i think can appeal to a lot of people so therefore Word. i call it pop but i wouldn't i wouldn't consider pop a bad term i, I don't call it bubblegum pop or stuff right, that we have on the radio right. necessarily but i think it has broad enough appeal that you would to call it pop that's what most people right. put me in the box of um but it's definitely inspired by everything i grew up on the bluesy sound and then in college the world music sound the global sounds that i incorporate a lot having worked with zulu um caribbean music is like a huge influence because zulu's jamaican he puts all that flair into everything he does and when we produce together it just comes out with a lot of rhythms that somewhere between like dancehall calypso soca like everything caribbean like it finds its way in there because so, yeah. <laughs> so did your trip to Brazil, mm-hmm. how did that affect or impact, I should say, when you were finding your identity as a singer and your identity as an artist and your sound? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I technically, when I went to Brazil before I was writing a lot of my own music. I was like a junior in college and I lived with a family down there. I would say it found its way into the percussion and the rhythmic side of what I do, like okay. heavily. I studied samba down there and like the samba drum schools. And everything they do is about rhythm and like different rhythms and just uh, how they incorporate that into their into their melodies into their song structure. So I didn't notice it right away, but when I came back to school and I played in a samba group, uh, shout out Eric Professor Dom again, um, back at Trinity, and there's a big Brazilian population here. We would play all over the city. Once I started writing music, I noticed I leaned heavily towards that very syncopated, very danceable kind of just like it's like. Word, word. So it's just like all that kind of like lilting, breezy, very uh, laid back, mellow, danceable rhythms just like found their way into my stuff. Word, word. For sure. So how did, um, I know you broke down that your parents were both artists, musicians, singers. Um, 
how did you how did that rope you in and not push you away because some people might feel like that's pressure you know make my dad proud yeah did that bring talk about the song sure, sure. first and then if, if you know your parents sure. being successful did that add pressure ironically the make my dad proud joint wasn't so much about my dad's musical abilities or my me trying to fill any shoes in that capacity like i think because neither of my parents chose music as a career i actually didn't feel the pressure Word. like it was always a hobby for them and i think they always saw in me that i had an even stronger passion for it than either of them did like my dad would say growing up he's like well you're gonna take this farther than i did because like you have a confidence and a belief and an ambition about you that like i didn't really ever want with my music necessarily right. so I didn't feel the pressure. I kind of just found my way into it. And they were like, well, if you want to pursue this, you can. If you can make money doing this and make a living. But Make My Dad Proud was more like along the lines of, that was just me against myself being like, as I get older and I'm in my late 20s, like, when will my father look at me like, I've made it and I, I can do things. And I'm fully capable as a man to do things on my own. Word. And like, take the music as far as I want to. And uh, just not rely on anybody else. And also... Make him proud in the sense of like he raised me right and I don't need to worry about who he is as a person anymore or like his flaws or just everything, you know, Word. just like just standard like self consciousness about like being the next like kind of like man in the family and like can I will I live up to that? Word. So speak to that thought of how do I word this? Cause you're not looking for validation from your dad. Not necessarily. But you are looking for him to be like, I did a good job. Right. It, it's not validation like, oh, look at me like that. I do this right. Did I do this right. It's more, there is a pride that I want him to see in me. And I just, I think as my parents get older, like they're in their mid to late 60s. And as I get older, as time passes, you feel the pressure of carrying on the torch of your parents more than you did when you were younger. And right. I don't think I gave him much thought in my early 20s. I was just exploring and doing my thing and messing up and, and you know, making mistakes and, and all that. But I think in the last year or so, when I was writing that song, what came to mind was just like, don't be lazy. Don't procrastinate. Have the same work ethic your father had to get to where he has, which he's made a successful life of himself and he's raised a successful family. And it's like, I just felt like for my own good, I wanted to be like, remind myself as a little mantra every day like am i doing things that would make my father proud because like i'm pretty proud of what he's been able to do like i do look up to him as a role model so and in return in return does that mean make yourself proud absolutely because i see my father as a role model so if i'm making him proud i'm i definitely feel like that's a good mark for making myself proud. right yeah word so at what point did all this click i want to do music so Five-year-old Brandon, I know you said like yeah. you grew up playing, but did you always want to make music? And then at what point did you say, I'm going to take this serious? Right. So, well, I wanted to be in the NBA. Really? And then I stopped growing at five foot six and a half. <laughs> um, so that dream pretty much died, although I still ball on Hollywood. So, mm. so don't get it twisted. But hey. but that, that, that died about like... I mean, through high school, 15, 16, but I, I, you know, basketball was still my first love with music, and I really did pursue that for as long as I felt I could. Um, and then the music was always there. It was like a one-two with basketball. And at first, I didn't know which aspect of music I wanted to do. I was really into being a producer. Like, growing Word. up, I think the main thing that I looked up to was, like, the likes of Pharrell and Timberland and, like, people behind the boards, the masterminds, the Kanye's. Like, those are the people that 
got my interest more than just the singer, the person in front of the mic. But as I got older and I realized my singing ability was starting to outpace everything else I was doing, like not many, not as many guys sing when you're young, mm-hmm. when you're a teenager, and if you're confident doing it, people start giving you validation, like, oh, you should keep singing, like, right. you got a good voice, like, don't just produce or don't just do this. So I think throughout high school, I knew I wanted to study it in college, but it wasn't until late in college, and I credit it to, like, singing with an acapella group and getting more confidence on stage, excuse me, being in front of people. And yeah, seeing the reaction and seeing the validation of like, oh, people react when you sing, they react when you perform, and it feels good, and it's a, it's a great release, and it felt therapeutic to me to be on stage. That's when I was like, okay, maybe I, I don't just want to produce. I still want that to be a big aspect of what I do. I want to produce my own music heavily, but I do want to be on stage. I want to be an artist. I want to right. create my own artistic vision. Um, so it was like late in college. I was like 21, 22. And then when I graduated, I like hit the ground running with like, find a place to record i'm gonna start writing you started taking it more yeah, seriously absolutely absolutely word yeah. so where listening to your music and i've known you for some time now you you would think you've been heartbroken a couple times because you write a lot yeah, about absolutely the about love sure you know sure, what i mean and sure. the reason i respect it is because god today's society says guys can't have feelings Guys aren't allowed to I'm be in touch. That. Let me be the first to tell you. But, but that's why I respect it because, I mean, when I was in college, my boys, shout out uh, B-Day and the boys up Rodegies, they always say, uh, they used to call me Draco because I was always <laughs> in, yeah, in, in touch with my feelings and my sure. emotions, right? So first, can you speak to like where you find the inspiration behind some of your songs or behind your music in general? Yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds cliche, but... It really is just like you write what you know. You write from experience. I'm not, I'm not in a position to be writing about how cool my lifestyle is or how you know how rich I am or all this stuff that like right. is the glitzy R and B hip hop side of things. Like maybe someday, but right now my life has been relationships. It's been struggling and fucking up while you're trying to be an adult mm-hmm. as a young adult in, in the real world. A lot of what I what I write about, I feel like the themes are yeah. And I don't know if I've been, I wouldn't say I've necessarily been, um, I've experienced heartbreak from one person as in like somebody broke my heart from right. a particular action, but you, f- you feel heartbreak with certain situations. You go it's not always like, actually a relationship. It's not just like one thing or, or a woman doing this thing to you, or it's just, you can feel heartbreak. You can feel heartbreak for the loss of your childhood or right. moving on to do, uh, to a new place or growing apart with somebody. You know, it's just like these things can evoke the same feeling. So I just write from my experience. It, it is therapy to me, so it deals a lot with my mental health and my anxieties that I, that I feel. And I, I just put that stuff down. So, Word. Yeah. And that, because I, I've had uh, relationship conversations with you, I'm a paraphrase, by the way, um, with your song Brand New, which mm. the other day I was riding in the car. And I ain't gonna hold you. I forgot that I had it in, in my library. And I knew it was like, oh, this is Brandon. And I was like, yo, I never heard this shit before. This shit nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I actually fucked with that song. But um, before you hop into the hook the first time, you say, um, don't wanna ride your wave. I just wanna find my own. Yeah. I just want, I just want the truth. And it skips yeah. a couple bars, um, a couple more drinks, got us feeling brand new. Sick of playing by the rules, right? Right, right, right? So, would you say 
life or relationships in general is that there are these rules that we have to play by. Yeah, for sure. I think when I was writing that, I was in a particular place in my head where I was I was avoiding lots of feelings. I was distracting myself. And yeah, I was writing from a simple perspective. Like I was getting a drink by myself. And at that particular time, I thought about a night where I'm just like, I'm sick of everybody else's feelings being in control of like what I'm doing and like how somebody else might feel. And I, I just got to do what's right for me. Word. I just got to feel what's right for me. And so to say I'm sick of playing by the rules, yes. With love, I was sick of playing by the rules. With society, I was sick of playing by the rules. I was sick of working shitty jobs to pursue my music career and just living in the system we live in today where you're always just hustling. It was like a lot of things of not playing by the rules at once. And I was just thinking about it, and I was just like, man, I can't please anybody. I can't please myself. And I was just like, I just wish that all these societal things that we had in place about love, about future, about marriage, about... Um, career, long-term relationships, I was just like, can we just take a break from it for a second and right. live off instinct or, you know, live off of what we're feeling in the moment right now, which gets you in trouble a lot of times. But, it's like, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's why you write a song about it. So You just said something, this is like totally abstract, we're probably going to go down a rabbit hole. You said live off instinct. What does that mean? Well, I've been told by others and uh, <laughs> by myself often that like I, I can be a very impulsive person, and I do live off my gut and my instinct a lot, uh -huh. which I think is really beneficial in a lot of ways because a lot of people ignore that. But you have to temper that with like logic and Word. like planning and things like that. And that's as I'm getting older and I'm in my late 20s, I'm like, okay, the instinct side, the brain inside, his early 20s, pursuing everything he wants, music, taking random jobs, staying out all night, do whatever he needs to do to get to the studio, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's still all well and good, and that's the ambition, but um, I'm trying to, like, balance that with, like, having a three-year plan and, like, setting goals and, and, and sticking to them and not procrastinating and uh, being there when other people need you for a particular thing. Um, so, yeah, but I would say a big thing in my music is instinct. Like, I write my music instinctively. Word. I don't sit down and, and pen a lot of lyrics. Um, I'm not saying I'm Jay-Z and I go up and sing everything on my mind and that becomes a song, but... A lot of the ways I make my music and my art is super instinctive and it goes off gut. It's got right. the personality that comes to my mind, the first beat, whatever beat I make, I go with that day. Like, so it's just it's what you're feeling. It's what I'm feeling, and feel I, I live life. I feel my way through life. Word. I try to feel my way through life a lot, as opposed Word. to think my way through life. But you, you gotta. No, nah, that's love. That's love. Yeah. So you keep you said it the last two uh, moments of uh, working shitty jobs and things like that, and I could speak to when I was like grinding, it's a grind. It's a grind. And but I've worked at Uber, I've worked at Town Fair Tire, I've worked at Evelyn's, mm -hmm. I've worked I've worked some jobs that like an idea when you're just a normal kid, it's like, oh that shit's fun. Jobs. But right, exactly. So speak about the the hustle that you go through to make music happen and how you continue to not get discouraged and Stay motivated. Well, I mean, that's a great question because it's something that's, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it's something I still battle through to this day. Like, mm -hmm. you're always going to get discouraged. Like, you know, they say life's not a linear, it's like this up and down thing. But, um, I mean, I'll say this, but my first job out of college was a full-time job in New York City. I was so discouraged. I was like, I'm a prisoner of the moment. Like, I stuck in a bad job. I'm right. like, this is never going to end. Like, this is dead end. I'm going to be here forever. Like, how do I get out of this? Word. I'm already looking to the next thing. But my best piece of advice is like, 
keep keep the goal in mind and remind yourself that this is a step in your in the book of your life and like it's not the end game. And I, I struggle with that. I, I do struggle with that. As I said, I think I'm a prisoner of the moment. And oftentimes when I take a new thing on, I get a little down on myself being like, oh, how did you get caught in this? But then I remind myself, as long as I come home, I continue to work on my music. I keep the end goal in sight. And I'm like, this is, it's going to build your character. You're going to learn things. You're going to challenge yourself. I've worked in restaurants. I've been a kindergarten teacher. I, you know, I've worked for tech startups in New York, you know, high powered people. It's been all over the map. Right. And it's all been in pursuit of my, my dream. Of that dream. And as long as I haven't lost sight of that, and I feel like I'm gaining on the way, and I don't feel like I'm hitting a wall, then, then I don't get discouraged. And right. I see that, like, I'm putting on the music, it's growing, more people are responding to it, I'm making connections with new fans and other artists and things like that. Then I don't get too, too discouraged. Right. As long as it's a slow, stepwise, gradual right. thing. As long as you're progressing. As long as I'm progressing, exactly. Mm-hmm. Then I'm not going to be too upset. As long as I don't feel like I'm hitting a brick wall, and right. I've been blessed enough so far in my life where I feel like every year there's a, a little improvement and growth in what I'm what I'm that's doing nice. musically. So that's awesome. So so how do you because that's how you stay motivated? Right. How do you stop from burnout? Because I mean, I was going at it for a long time, and I was blessed, like you were just saying, yeah. found something that was my purpose, something that made me happy. And now that I'm working with kids again and also coaching. I'm also finding that I'm excited about soccer again. Absolutely. So how do you stop from burnout? Um, I think I have burned out before already. Right. I think there was a time up until the last two years or so, I was working jobs and then Zulu and I were going to studios till 2, 3, 4 a.m. either with ourselves or collaborating with other people. And then I'm getting up and going to work and I'm living the artist lifestyle at night. Mm-hmm. And I could do that through like 25, 26, but... I got tired, and nowadays I notice like to avoid that I change. I did change my lifestyle. I had to like I feel right. a little bit like an old man, but I changed. It. Like <laughs> I don't do I don't really do sessions with people at midnight anymore. Like right. I know my body, I know my voice. Like I get eight hours of sleep, seven eight hours of sleep when I most nights. Um, I eat three times a day. I drink Shit, a lot I of water. You. Drink a lot of water, but like this all happened. It takes discipline, and I'm not great at it. But the last few years, exercise, things like that. But it really was a lifestyle thing. I was burning out from being like, I'm an artist. I can do this. Like, I'm right. just in my 30s. But your energy changes. And I, I couldn't do what I needed to do. I was feeling fatigued. I was feeling crazy. So, and I was burning out from, before before the pandemic, I was driving to New York City like every week because yeah. my management's out there and my other producer's out there and I'm doing shows out there. So, it's cheaper living in Hartford, but I was driving to New York like every five days, like in my car, two hours there in traffic, two and a half hours back come back in the middle of the night, 3 a.m. to go to a random job on like a Monday morning. So, right. so that's changed. Now I'm like trying to find balance into when I dedicate time to work, when I dedicate time to like exercise and health stuff, and then dedicate time to music. It's just Word. like, I was never good at planning, but I've, I'm getting better at it. And, that, and I think you hit on it, finding that balance. Because balance. as much as you want to do music, you're no good making music if your no. life isn't all, also here. Yeah, you not know? anymore. I used to run off adrenaline, but, like, that shit crashes now. No, absolutely. And, like, kind of like I was telling you before we got started, I, I'm literally pouring into four different cups from each other. Right. And I'm they're like, never, ever going to be full, which means I'm never going to be full. So I, I definitely hear you uh, finding that balance. Yeah, so, so 
you just brought it up, you know, your management management is in New York. So you're managed by Major Stage, mm-hmm. right? Shout out Major Stage, Marco Miguel. Where shot hey, we gonna do big things with my man right here. Um, but how was that? Cause I remember the first time I got an agent for soccer, I was like, Bro, this is the best thing. Like, yeah, yeah, like that. It helps to have support, man. It helps to have a team, it helps to have people that valid validate what you're working on and believe right. you and see the vision. I'm super grateful. Um I was doing shows with major stage, like they put on showcases throughout New York City. That's what okay. they're known for. So all different genres, and they they um they partner with venues and they do like really big shows. Where first people that found my music on SoundCloud, the first song I put out, Frequency, like 2014, they they hit me up on Gmail and they were like, "Yo, we found a song. Do you want to come do a showcase?" And I knew from day one, like, "Oh, they're seeing what I'm doing and they're believing in it." So that was big. And then we just continued to work um, by doing some of their shows and then about a year and a half ago about a year ago they brought up the idea of managing me full-time and I felt really comfortable with them as managers because they were the first people to notice what I did right they believe in you from the beginning they're not trying to jump on anything excuse me or like you know try to take advantage they're super great dudes that are looking to promote and be an amplifier for good music and, uh, and help emerging artists in a industry full of snakes to be honest so yeah. um i mean it's just facts so, no i hear you and people that want to take take the money take all the credit and take percentages and all all the wild shit that i absolutely do not like so i signed with them last year i, I did a year and um, i just um re-signed another year with them that's love um, and they manage they help with marketing they help with creative vision things like that um it was it was an adjustment because i was used to doing everything myself and they have other opinions and other people help you on the business side and be like, these are decisions you might want to make to further yourself. That was a new approach for me. And I, I can be somewhat of a naysay. I can be like, no, I want to do it my way. Right, right. So we definitely, it's not to say there weren't times when you butt heads, but that's normal when you get into something where um, you want people to help you and they're going to have their own ideas about how to go about that. But the best thing you can do is be open to ideas and, and flesh them out and decide who has the best idea what time and just right. see if the best idea wins. And, and try it. Because you know I mean? at the end of the day, you guys are collective. Absolutely. It's got to be collaborative. And that did take some time for me to figure out. But you got to remember they have your best interest in mind. Right. Just trying to take it to the next level. Sometimes people know better than you do, especially as artists. Like Artists really are stuck to their own ideals. And they have to open up and be like, allow for people to, to have opinions on, on what they think. Word. So, uh, dream clients. I know you you brought up like the Pharrells and the Kanye's earlier. Yeah, I got a few. I got a list. All right, give me your top three. Okay, top three. Top three. Pharrell. He's tough to list. Pharrell's probably number one. Hey, Pharrell, come on the show, bro. Um, James Blake is probably number two. Ooh. I'm a huge James Blake fan. I do production-wise. I listen to everything he does in the studio. Um, three is either... I mean, obviously the two big ones... Pharrell and Timbaland are like neck and neck for like yeah. they're so influential on my production style and their use of synths and sampling and everything they do functionally. Um, so either Timbaland, Pharrell, and James Blake. Also, um, this might surprise some people, but I'm a huge Bon Iver. I don't know if you know Bon Iver. Wow. Justin Vernon, yeah. Bon Iver. I think he's a genius production wise. Obviously, he's worked with the likes of Kanye and all these other people. Right. He's more on the folky side, but what he does is just genius to me. Um, so he's up there too. It's hard to choose three, but those are some big ones. And I've always been an MIA fan. I've always had respect. Wow. Fire, bro. Like, 
Man, she's like my throwback. Yeah, throwback. it was like high school. But for those that know, if you know, you know. She's been keeping it up the whole time. It's just she hasn't been as big in the United States stateside. Right. She no. Yeah. She's big internationally. So. Exactly. And I've always rocked with her, and I think she um, I think people have bit a lot of her. There's a lot of stuff, fashion wise, vision wise, and musically that she and people in the know know. People have stolen and bitten from her. Right. And she never really got proper credit, but I know. Yeah. I know MIA's. Hey, am I give my man's on the track, bro. Stop yeah. playing. Yeah. And she's a producer too. She's a beast. So. Word, that's love. Um, you've hit on it a couple times how therapeutic music is for you. Um talk about one, because I think everybody can relate to how shitty things have been due to COVID, but how music is an escape for you. Yeah, I mean, it always has been. Listening to music, creating music, collaborating with people. Um I don't know. I think I just turn off the side of my brain that overthinks when I'm creating music. There's no room for that. So when I'm in the studio, it feels a bit of like it's a bit of a sanctuary for me. It's just like the basketball court, honestly. It's like you're very much in the moment, focused on a task, focused on creating is such a mysterious thing. Like I don't know where it comes from. Word. I'm not sitting there coming up with melodies and coming up with lyrics. It just kind of flows. You're in the state of like flow, they call it. Right. And it's kind of this like psychological state where I don't really have room to think about anything else but what I'm creating in the moment. And obviously it's a vessel for my emotions and things like that. So I find myself just turning to writing and, and singing. Singing especially, the act of singing. Like literally the act of exhaling and pushing out energy from your mouth is like, that, that alone is just like super therapeutic. It's right. Just, you know, it just is. For I think for most people that sing, it's an act of letting go, of release, and um, yeah, it's just it's it's always been that way. For it's me. your peace. Yeah, absolutely. One of them. Yeah. So you brought up how you used to play basketball when you were younger, mm-hmm. and now obviously music is your passion. Does music sometimes bring back? Some of that nostalgia mm-hmm. that you talked about in your hoops nostalgia track, or yeah. did that that feeling of like, hey, this is it, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, there's a connection I drew between that. Like when I when I wrote that song, there's a few there's a few tears to that. Like music reminds me of basketball because of my passion for it and the competition. I find it like competitive. Like I'm yeah. naturally competitive. So with basketball, you want to be better than people. With music, yeah, I mean you're lying if you don't want to say you want to make. Better, you want to make not better music than other people, but you want to be the best version of yourself, and that means like you're gonna naturally compare yourself and be like, I want to be the best at what I do. Right. So it's competitive, and I, I'd like to be competitive. Um, so when I was writing Hoops Nostalgia, I was just, I was thinking about that ambitious young person that was dedicated to staying out at night with no lights, like shooting hoops mm-hmm. and getting better at your craft. Um, and just like that feeling of ambition and freedom when you're young, anything's possible. Right. And I was just trying to reconnect with that at a time in my life where it's a little harder to feel like anything's possible. But writing a song called Hoops Nostalgia just kind of brought it back. Like, no, you can still be your 16-year-old self inside and like think that the world is at your feet. And Word. You That's love. Whatever the fuck you want. That's love. Now, one of my favorite tracks of yours, Perfect Timing. It's one of my favorites, too. It's it's hard not to because it has that like uh that Latin sound or like the sign that you were referring to with Zulu. Yeah, yeah. Um you can just blink twice. Did someone specifically uh inspire that? 
honestly, I think I feel like you want me to have a particular answer here, but no, I don't. <laughs> like, I'd like to say yes. Word. I think yeah. Somebody had a, an influence on it, but I, I can take you through how this song all right came, go ahead. came about. It Word. Make better sense to you. Yeah, I was just I was feeling myself. Like I was feeling myself. Like it was it was um the first time. I think this is what's dope about it. It's the first time that me, Zulu, and Zach Golden, who's based in New York, got in the studio for the first time. Three Word. Of us together. And that night, we drove all the way to New York City to Universal Music, where Zach was working at the time. And we went up to, like, whatever, the 16th floor, whatever, Universal. Zach met Zulu. We took out our laptops. We started four hours later. We had perfect timing. Really? Yeah. And, like, it started with um, Zach. I think it got real... I, I lent it more towards feeling myself and talking to a girl at a bar and, and right. the whole like uh, kind of play between two people that are just locked eyes but are trying to like feel each other out um, because Zach came up with this chord progression that was like that very Latin feeling of the yeah. and it was playful it was sexy it was Word. like so I went straight into like cause it was perfect time Word. I, I was just like feeling that but yeah I would say you know it, of course, my, my personal life influenced it. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was in a good spot at that time um, with somebody new, but it, it was also just the, the vibe that moment. Like sometimes it just comes out and then you write about a particular thing Word. based on the sounds that were, were coming out of it. And Zulu came in with his drums and I was just like, this has got to be some sexy shit. And that's what they were saying. Like, wait, you can't, you can't play with this one. You got, this has to be you, about, you gotta kill this you're shit. talking about to a girl, like locking eyes with a girl and like, you know, I was yeah. like, right, let's just go. Word. Now, um, I've just got like a couple more questions, really, but um, right now in America, there's just a lot of shit going on. Um, the day we're we recording this, September 30th? Yeah. Um, so I think we all know the shit storm that went on yesterday in that debate. Um, the racial injustices that have been going on all year. Um, and you as a as a Caucasian artist, right, people think like or might think like, oh, he, he might not have to say, but like what can music, specifically your music, or you as an artist can affect though not affect, but maybe um for sure. You know, have a say conversation at least. Exactly. Yeah. About those topics, things going on. Absolutely. It's been something that over the last few months um, not just myself, but I feel like artists have struggled to articulate right. exactly what to say because you almost feel like uh, right now music is like I feel like you, you go you fall in one or two camps like it almost feels irrelevant. There's so much going on that you're like me putting myself out there and needing to say anything feels like Word. like useless. Like what can I add? What can I add to it? And who wants to hear music right now? There's so much worse going on with the racial injustices and pandemic and everything that's going on in politics. So there's that part where you almost feel a little um, like in despair because you don't know how to fit in. Right. But then there's a part of you that's like art and music is the only way, one of the only ways that one, people collaborate and come together. Two, they are willing to listen to other perspectives when it's on a song a right. lot different than when it's just somebody talking or, or on the news or something like that. So, I mean, the last few months, a lot of what I've been writing is just from a more personal perspective on how I feel about things and what my place in it is. Um, but I think a big part of what I'd like to do and what I'd like to do in the future is to just spotlight and collaborate more with people who 
might not get their voices heard otherwise. And um, mm. it's something I did when I was uh, studying ethnomusicology too at college. Is like, where are the gaps where people in art and music are not being heard? Word. And um, maybe I won't sing on something, or maybe I won't speak on something all the time, but maybe I can produce something or create a sound or a bed for other people to right. to make music on. And I think that's where my production would come into play more. Like a lot of people I look up to, especially as like a white artist, I'd like to be the person that can maybe make the beat, create something, but give it off to somebody else that can better articulate Word. what's going on. I feel like that's my that could be my contribution. Word. As opposed that's to love. just one more white artist being like, woe is me, racial injustice, things are rough. Like, yes, that's great. And I appreciate people that do that too, but everybody's got their place and if, if you don't feel like that's what you want to add to the conversation there's other ways to, Word. to get involved you know what I mean? yeah, that was a great answer <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I thought I think about it all the time Word. Like, obviously and I you know to be honest like I, I run in a circle where I don't I'm I'm one I'm there's not many white people in my circle to be completely right. honest so it's like <laughs> I talk about these things all the time um, and, and I just try to find ways to, to be like effective and, and uh, to progress the conversation without being like over the top about it right just who like white savory about it right right because I, I know a lot of people that do that stuff and that's just not me that's not really my role and word. Really my vibe so word so last question mm-hmm. three months three years mm-hmm. and one year from now where's Brandon Serafino what's your uh expectations hopes what's your plan where let's manifest that shit right now okay uh i'd say like three years from now i want to be will be i will be collaborating um with artists from across the globe and um working on cutting edge sounds production wise with artists from south america from west africa from the middle east those are kind of three places I really want to continue to visit. If there's a, two of them I've been, one I've never been to. And um, I want to travel, I want to make music, and um, I want to push I want to push the envelope of pop and push the envelope sonically and things like that. I don't want to be a, another cog in the mainstream music machine. Word. I want to follow in the steps of the people that I look up to, like the MIAs, like the, uh, you know, the James Blakes and, and Pharrell and just create my own my own sound soundtrack, and I want to bring it back to venues that don't traditionally do it. Like I want to perform something with heavy eight oh eights in the middle of like a museum, like an art museum, mm. with like um, a choir from Brazil. Word. Like, I just want to bring it all together. I want to bring high art with uh, with music from different parts of the globe. I just have all these visions in my head. Word. Yeah. You know what would be dope. I would I would actually be here to like do this with you. Let's save money. Mm-hmm. And just like for two weeks, three weeks, just go backpack. Document the shit. And just all the places. Yeah, that'd be hey, twenty twenty one summer. Save up money, I'm here for it. I'm I'm like I have such wanderlust right now for travel like oh, with I COVID bet. and everything. It's I just bet. like I just wanna I'm crawling up the walls trying to travel and get out and collaborate with people. Word. Yeah, that's that's really the goal. And then eventually, I want to teach more kids to produce and songwrite, and bring it to um, have my own space where I can, like a literal physical brick and mortar space where I can have a studio and a creative space to teach kids how to make beats. And, and you know what I appreciate? 
we've been talking probably like 30 minutes now, 40 minutes now. You've not once mentioned money. Money is not money. It's not my motivation, man. It's Word. Not, I mean, that would be wonderful. I want to be stable. Right. But that's never been the motivation. And I feel like, of course, you, if you're an artist and you're motivated by that, that's fine. That's all well and good. But, like, the people I look up to and the people that push the the art forward and push the sound and develop cutting-edge, innovative shit, they're not doing it for money. Because if you're doing that, you're never doing it for money. You're just chasing right. the sound. You're chasing the profit. That's it. Yeah. Money's never been a motivation. But don't get me wrong. I mean, you got to eat. I, you got to eat. Protect your chicken. <laughs> I think if I still continue to do what I do, I can make a lot of money doing it. Right. But even already, I realize that's just not happiness. It's just not happiness. I've already seen Word. what makes me happy. And that's just not happiness. Word. Well, um, you know how this shit goes. Uh, we give 15 seconds of fame. Talking right. shit. Can we expect any new music? Yeah, we, we, we can. We can. I haven't made the official announcement yet, but um, I'm submitting a new song to streaming platforms by next week. Uh, right. It's called Regret Me. Um, it's a dope vibe. It's, it's a little danceable. But definitely has some introspective lyrics and some stuff for people to chew on, and uh, that should be out in like about a month. Okay, um, word. Maybe a little less, and then after that, I got a lot more music. More music. Word. During quarantine, I've been stocking up. I probably have like 25, 30 songs. Damn, that's love. Done. So don't do what Chris Brown did. did no, I'm not drop twenty. <laughs> Hell no, that's just for streaming. Numbers. They do that word. to double up on streaming. I'm, I'll be putting out singles and videos for the rest of the year and into twenty twenty one, starting this month. So okay, so, word. Yeah. Was that your 15 seconds of fame? Or I mean, I have, that, I asked. I mean, talk your shit. That's what it is. Follow yeah. me at Brandon Serafino. Um, Serafino, people mess it up sometimes. That's S E R A F I N O. You know, Instagram. Literally just Instagram. I don't really use much else. I'm not really on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. But oh, definitely follow me on Spotify. That's not more important than Instagram. Um, <laughs> so follow me on Spotify, Apple Music, Title, all that good stuff. Um, I go live on Instagram a lot, making beats and so Word. check it out tune in and uh, yeah I just want to make dope art with dope people so and, and my man plays actually plays these instruments like I there's a guitar right here there's a keyboard right there like my man actually plays his own instruments makes his own music so listen to my man um Brandon thank you thank you I've it's awesome I feel like I'm getting back to feeling like myself I feel like I'm getting back to being motivated That's so good I'm glad um so hopefully I can stick to my word about getting my art back to you guys throughout the end of the year. I've had people cancel on me. I've had a couple things fall through that no matter when I've seen to try, it's like a, another obstacle. But my 15 seconds, um, hurdles are there for you to get over, get under, go around. Even if you hit the hurdle, you still get past it, right? Um, no matter what, guys, we are in the final quarter of the year. Yeah, the that's quarter true of the year. too. Yeah, one more thing. Just yeah, everybody be good to themselves. Like, yeah, I think there's a lot going on, but take care of yourself. You know, do what you need to do for your mental health and for your physical health, and uh, don't worry what everybody else thinks too much. Just do do what you gotta do for yourself. Word. And, uh, finish the year strong, bro. That's finish you strong. For finish the fourth quarter, I think unless you're Patrick Mahomes, nobody could have seen twenty twenty coming. So um, we've all had a tough year. Finish the year strong. You owe it to yourself. Treat others well. Just treat others with respect. Word. And and on that note, it's a wrap. Yeah. It's another episode. Cut. Go Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yo, I always feel like 
We didn't talk for long enough. That's good. Bro.